This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce. Use intelligent automation and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. How you doing, everybody? I'm Ken Bikoff, and welcome to the Peaks Podcast Morning After Michigan Edition. The Hoosiers fall 39-14 to the Michigan Wolverines at Memorial Stadium. I'm actually still at Memorial Stadium in the radio booth. We just uh, finished up the call-in show. You're going to hear some some uh, cleanup still going on in the background as everybody packs up their stuff following the final home game of the season. But Indiana in this one did not turn in a very good defensive performance, hung with the Wolverines for the first half, but they just had a, a, a bad second half, a really bad third quarter. You had a bunch of guys get banged up um, in the fourth quarter, including guys like Matthew Bedford, including uh, 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 Stevie Scott. He got banged up. Wap Fillier missed this one completely. Um, it, it was a game where Indiana's um, just where Indiana is from a talent level and a speed level compared to a very good Michigan team was really on display. We're going to be breaking down the game in just a few seconds, but first, some comments from head coach Tom Allen during his postgame press conference. Coach, you guys were averaging like right at 33 points a game. You get 14 early, then nothing else. Mm-hmm. Was it guys going down, the injuries? Was it you guys not executing? What, what do you attribute it to? Well, I think a lot of it was their D-line really was, was, was dominant, I thought. You know, they gave us a lot of trouble. Um, didn't allow us to get things the way we wanted to get them done in terms of time to throw. Um, really very disruptive. And uh, I think that was probably a bigger variable than anything. So, I mean, guys get injured, other guys got to step up. That's part of it. So, I think it was more them than us. Tom and Zach. Coach uh, Patterson obviously had a lot, had, you know, a lot of stuff through the air, a lot of big long balls, just, you know, one-on-one coverage yeah. on the outside. And that was just poor technique, poor coverage, poor speed. You know, I, I, we'll go back and watch. But, you know, we knew they were going to have, and I, I mentioned it, you know, I was one of my concerns was their receivers versus our secondary just a matchup. Um, you know, we play a fair amount of man and, and those guys have to win those one-on-ones we didn't win very many of those and that to me was the biggest you know frustration was you got to win those you know and they're going to win some we got but we got to win some and we didn't we did not win enough of those and so um you know there's there's obviously technique involved you know you got to do a great job of of bodying guys up and position yourself to go get the football and um they got some big guys the size is a big variable um and, and a lot of uh, speed to go along with that length you know so um but it just was not pleased with the way that we competed for those footballs. I mean, to me, we got to come up with some of those. You know, we got to get some breakups on some of those key ones. And, and uh, you know, we mixed in some zone and it hurt us a little bit. But at the same time, you're trying to balance it to get pressure, you know, versus, you know, coverage and all that whole dynamic. So um, just got to, you know, we, we attack and that's what we do. And we gave up, you know, unfortunately, too many 
big plays that you can't be given up. So and a couple of them really to me were just, you know, we, we didn't execute the scheme properly. So and then we some of those we got beat one on ones, you know, so probably it's a combination of both. They were just better than us tonight, unfortunately. Injuries wise, I guess in particular, how's Matt Bedford, but then some of the guys that kind of kept having to go out and come back, go out and come back, do you feel like they're good, I guess. But yeah, you know, I, I really don't know for sure. Um, I think that the two that uh, I, I don't know about for long term here for, for next week is going to be Bedford and, and Stevie. I don't know. You know, we'll know more tomorrow. But uh, um, I think the rest of those guys seem to be okay. You know, the ones that might have gone out at times. Tom, Tom here in the middle, what do you make of um, the two-point conversion by Harbaugh yeah. and then be afterwards, what was that post-game handshake like? Is there something going on with you two? Oh no, no, it was it was efficient, but uh, it wasn't. I mean, I don't, there's nothing with he and I. I got a lot of respect for them. So, but uh, um, two point play, you know, we didn't get lined up. You know, well, take take back, we we didn't execute. You know, they've not shown that before, but it's just that you know, other people do it too. So, um, back when the backs are supposed to fire and take the quarterback on that, but didn't do it. But but uh, no, I mean they're just competing, trying to score points and do what they need to do. So it's all good. Yeah, he got hit pretty hard, uh, but he's a tough old kid now. So um, I don't, I don't think it affected him. You know, maybe it, if it did, he never said anything. He's not one to complain. So, but uh, it was kind of more of a and got hit in the, you know, rib area. So, but uh, he, he's he's gonna be fine. Cam, I guess in the in the aftermath of this loss, what does the next week look like for you in terms of making sure your team doesn't kind of? Yeah, it's huge. I, when I when I talk to our players, you know, just very blunt. You know, this is a. Um, it was not what we wanted, uh, but but how are you going to respond? You know, what's your what's your reaction going to be to this this setback? The reality is we can't do anything to change what just happened. So we're going to focus completely on um, the task at hand, and we all understand what's what's next. Uh, we got a chance to get our eighth win of the season, and we got a chance to win the bucket back. So those are two huge things that we are going to put a huge premium on, and uh, this football team will be ready. So very much uh, the focus. We're not going to spend a lot of time uh, on this game. To be honest with you, we're going to move forward, move ahead because we know what's what's coming. Just kind of more of a future question, but they're able to get pressure with just four guys. You guys had to kind of blitz a lot. How much, I guess, the challenge is it to try to get those D-line guys, those difference makers, so that you don't have to do take those chances that yeah. you had to do all night? It's a huge priority. There's no doubt about it. So that, to me, is the next step for us to be able to uh, rush teams with four and have guys that can win one-on-ones off the edge and, and create pressure without having to blitz as much. You know, So that's uh, it's recruiting. It's the player development, and that's the objective for sure, and a huge priority in this next class. Well, I mean, I, no, I'm not going to. I mean, they, they beat us, you know, so they, we just, you know, I think those are, it's part of it, you know, and so there's no question that it does take its toll, but uh, you have to, you know, we got to get to where we are. I mean, I've said it very clearly. We're not where we need to be depth-wise. We're getting closer, absolutely, but we're not there yet. And so it's about recruiting, player development, and continuing to stay the course. It's, it's, it's perseverance and passion towards what we're trying to accomplish here. So um, I think there's no question it gets exposed. This time of the year it gets exposed in these kind of games against this type of, of talent and the caliber of team that we're playing. So we have to continue to uh, stick to the plan and keep getting better. 
All right, on to the game. This this one was just about Indiana's defense, basically. Indiana's defense gives up 453 yards of total offense, and particularly in the passing game, Shea Patterson goes 20 of 32 for 366 yards and five touchdowns. Indiana's secondary had a lot of pressure on it because of the fact that Indiana's defensive line did not win the battle in the line of scrimmage. And so Indiana had to bring a lot of pressure, whether it was coming from linebackers or safeties. And when that pressure didn't get home, it gave Patterson plenty of time to pick Indiana's defense apart. And Certainly, they they did just that. Uh, you know, Nico uh, Collins had six catches for 165 yards uh, for uh, um, for Michigan. He scored three touchdowns, including a back-breaking 76-yarder in which he just ran flat by Juwan Burgess and uh, and and went for for a, a long touchdown in what was basically the turning point of the game. You know, Indiana came out in this one offensively and rolled rolled right down the field to start the game. Um, put together a 10-play 75 yard drive that ended in a touchdown run by Stevie Scott. Michigan bounced right back. Indiana had an opportunity to get off the field on third down, wasn't able to do it, and that drive ended up in a touchdown for Michigan. But Indiana was able to come right back and put together a real nice drive a couple of uh, possessions later and went up 14-7. to Now, then you had uh, and Michigan scores a touchdown on a pass from Shea Patterson to Dominic Peoples-Jones uh, in just a fantastic catch. And it was just one of those situations where coverage was perfect. There was nothing wrong with that. But, boy, sometimes a superior athlete will just make a play, and that's what Peoples-Jones did. Made a spectacular catch to tie the game. Nico Collins scores on a spectacular catch of his own uh, about uh, with about five and a half minutes left in the second quarter to put Michigan up 21-14. to then we got to the third quarter and Indiana to open the the second half allowed Michigan to go on an 11 play 63 yard drive where again Indiana just wasn't able to generate the pressure they needed to really make Patterson uncomfortable and that that drive ended in a field goal then you had what was the turning point of the game Indiana drove uh, down the down the field was in in basically one of those situations where it was four down territory uh, in the third quarter, just because of where they were on the field, Indiana had an opportunity to to, to be able to uh, get in position uh, at the Michigan 32. It was going to be a, a long field goal. It would have been a 49-yard field goal in some really, you know, pretty bad weather here at Memorial Stadium. And they would have been able, that would have been a tough field goal down 24 to 14. Indiana goes for it on fourth down, manages to pick it up on a run by Stevie Scott, but there's a very clear holding penalty on offensive left tackle Matthew Bedford. That backs the backs uh, the Hoosiers up. They end up punting. It goes into the end zone, and then Michigan two plays later, Patterson throws a uh, 76-yard touchdown patch to, uh, pass to Nico Collins on on the play where he just simple slant route ran past everybody that was out there, and it was one of those habits that Indiana has formed where this defense can hang its head a little bit and that was exactly what happened on that play Indiana just got beat and hung its head from there and then the Hoosiers couldn't get anything uh, going to answer and then Indiana um, give, uh, gave up another touchdown later in that third quarter and that was it and and so by that time they're down 39 to 24 and it was uh, just time for everybody to um, to 
move on it. You could see that the team had mentally looked forward already um, to the Purdue game and, and try to get out of there before uh, anybody else got hurt because there were some, some not great injuries in this one. That was a concern. Peyton Ramsey was laying on the field at, at one point uh, where I, it looked like he got the wind knocked out of him, but he took a couple of big shots on a pass that he got hit as he threw and the ball was intercepted. Uh, Ramsey finishes 17 at tw- uh, 29 for 217 yards and that one interception. Um, Peyton Hendershot led the Hoosiers with six catches for 62 yards. There were flashes from this Indiana offense, but it just wasn't enough. Stevie Scott, 13 carries, 54 yards, and the one touchdown. But Indiana just didn't really get a whole bunch going downfield. Longest play of the day was 32 yards. Indiana really struggled against a Michigan defense that is fast and brought a lot of pressure and really took Indiana out of what was working early on, and they were able to roll to the win. So now, you know, you look at at what this team did on the day, and what does it mean to the rest of the season? Well, you know, going into the year, you looked at this thing and you said, okay, Indiana has these opportunities. You hope that they're able to, to pull off a win against a Michigan, an Ohio State, a Penn State, Michigan State, those big four in the Big Ten East. You hope they could compete. Indiana did that for a half, but ultimately they weren't able to, to, to keep, uh, keep it up against a Michigan team that has been absolutely rolling lately. You know, people really look at this Michigan team and looked at them, I think, going into this game as being a ball club that was kind of uh, vulnerable, I think is is the right way to, to look at it because people remember that early part of the season where they eked out a win over Army, lost to Wisconsin and found themselves at 2-1 and one and really looked shaky. But, you know, since then, outside of a seven-point road loss at Penn State, Michigan's been rolling. They've, they've really been getting the job done. And, you know, in the, pre, in the past few weeks when they've played teams like Notre Dame, like Michigan State, Michigan's been winning big. Their average margin of victory over the past three weeks was 32 points. Doesn't make a 25-point loss uh, uh, by the Hoosiers to Michigan any better, but it just does show that Michigan certainly had right, right of the ship. And the recipe in this one was much like it was for that Penn State game last week is take Penn State's energy early may you know make sure that you compete every every down and get to the fourth quarter with an opportunity to win Indiana didn't do that because of the fact that that third quarter went as poorly as it did and things just kind of snowballed so now they have opportunities next week against Purdue, a Purdue team that was eliminated from bowl contention uh, against uh, by losing to Wisconsin. They sit at four and seven. So their trophy game is the old Oak and Bucket game. They have no bowl to go. All they can do, they can't even spoil Indiana's season because Indiana's already got a winning season in its pocket, already has bowl eligibility in its pocket. The only thing Purdue can do is win the old Oak and Bucket. The question is how healthy are the Hoosiers going to be after losing some guys today? And that is is going to be the question for, for Indiana as they go into this final week of the season. Indiana still has a ton to play for, though, because of the fact that it has the opportunity to get a better bowl. It has the opportunity to win the Old Oaken Bucket, which is something that head coach Tom Allen has yet to win in his career as a head coach at IU. 
This is a program that suffered a disappointing loss, certainly, uh, here at Memorial Stadium today, but it, it's far from derailing the season. It is a, a, a program that uh, has raised standards this year. Certainly, you heard Tom Allen. He was uh, not happy with his team's performance, uh, but it, it is a, a program that has raised its standards. It didn't turn in the performance it hoped for against Michigan. It was disappointed with that loss to Penn State last week. The key for this team is to not let these things kind of continue to snowball against a Purdue team that is nowhere near the level of Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State earlier this year. The Hoosiers have had only two games this year in which they, are, they weren't able to compete for all four quarters. One of them was against an Ohio State team that is among the best in the country, and the other was against a Michigan team that's among the best in the country. And that's nothing for Indiana to hang its head about. Now the key is for Indiana to regroup, hit the field at West Lafayette at noon noon Eastern time next week and be able to uh, just bounce back from this loss because they don't want to go into the postseason uh, on a three-game losing streak. They want to build some momentum. They want to go on a high note. Uh, bringing home the old oaken bucket will completely change just the, and the atmosphere around Memorial Stadium and the north end zone. This is a team that lost to, to Michigan, can be disappointed, but has to quickly put it behind them if they're going to reach those goals that they have ahead of them, which is win an old oaken bucket, get to eight wins, and get to the bowl with an opportunity for nine wins. This program hasn't won eight games in a season for a long, long time. That opportunity is still ahead of them. Well, that's all the time we have on the Peaks Podcast Morning After Michigan Edition. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you to visit Peaks.com for the very best in IU football and basketball coverage you're going to find anywhere. Nobody covers Hoosier recruiting like Mike Pegram, Jeff Rabjohns, and Matt Weaver, so come be a part of a thriving and exciting community at Peaks.com. You are not going to be disappointed. Folks, we're out of time, but for now, and for Mike, Jeff, and Matt, I'm Ken Bykoff saying thanks for listening, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.